listening to Kingdom Authority with your host, Dancer J. Morris, on Kingdom Empower Incorporated. We're here to educate, motivate, and elevate your mind, body, and spirit. If you have questions or comments, or just want to talk to your host, you can call in at 646-668-2413, or listen in online at landministries.com. And now, here's your host, Dancia J. Morris. Well, good evening. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining Kingdom Authority. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. This is a wonderful day to take authority in your territory, and I'm excited to be with each and every one of you on tonight. I know that many of you are excited about this night and happy for this night because you've been asking, when is this lady coming back on again? Well, Pastor is back on again. And I know you've been anticipating. I saw the different messages sent to me regarding the topic for tonight. We're talking about the kingdom versus the church. So I want to, I don't want to take too much time. I want to bring um, the woman of God on very quickly. And um, so I'm just going to pray, and we're going to bring on Pastor Leah Britton in just one moment. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you. There is none other, there's no one other than you that is worthy of the glory and the honor and the praise. I can't think of another where we can run and hide, and we're grateful for who you are. We're grateful for what you have done. And, Father, on this evening, we thank you for being the God that is more than enough. Thank you for being our rock, our shelter, and our strength. You are Yahweh, Jehovah, Jesus, Elohim, and we we are grateful for that. Lord, this season of thankfulness, Father, we're thankful that you continue to um, pour out upon us your spirit. But not only that, God, you're still revealing. You are allowing us to see things, God, that we've never seen before, to understand. You're opening up our understanding, God. Thank you for your wisdom and knowledge. Your wisdom is is really more than we can ever imagine, and we thank you for that, God. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing that rests upon Pastor Leah Britton right now. And we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that every word that is spoken, God, it will begin to open up understanding. It will begin to enhance mindsets, even change mindsets, um, shift paradigms in the name of Jesus. We thank you, O oh God, for rearranging our thoughts, Father, so that we can think more like you. And we appreciate the fact that you are using this woman of God to build the kingdom. We acknowledge you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so excited tonight, y'all. Jesus is so real. And he continues to pour out his um, glory. He continues to to demonstrate his power in the earth. And on tonight, he has demonstrated his power again in this young woman, um, Pastor Leah Britton. So listen, I'm going to bring her on right now so that we can be we can be blessed by her. So Pastor Leah, are you on? Yes, ma'am. I'm here. Wonderful. So I want to relinquish all rights and let you just go forth and do what the people of God keep asking for um, of you 
um, of God through you, actually. And so I'm going to relinquish rights, and you just come in your own way. I sure will. Well, first of all, let me just thank and praise the Lord for being here and being with you once again. I just bless God for the opportunity to share his word with um, the people of God another day. Um, Truly, he has been faithful to us, and he's been faithful to us all year long. I'm kind of in amazement that we are literally almost in the middle of November, and the year 2019 is almost over, but God is still on the throne, and we've been through ups and we've been through downs, but God has been faithful. So I just give God glory for that, and I appreciate the opportunity for um, to come back again this week and kind of delve into a topic that we kind of took a turn with the last time. I was here, like we kind of mentioned, um, talking about what, it, what the difference between the kingdom and the church. And so that's the subject that we're going to jump in today. I probably won't be in preachery mode, more in my teachery mode. So get your pens and your notebooks and your papers out and whatever it is that you need to take notes because we're going to start part one today and then we will pick it up with kingdom principles starting next week. So this week we're just going to kind of lay, lay a foundation for the difference between the kingdom and the church. Uh, let me clarify, first of all, that is not either or, it is and, the kingdom and the church. And I guess I should have titled this differently. It's not the kingdom versus the church. It makes it sound like we're at odds and that we're fighting against one another. But really, right. the church is an offspring of the kingdom of God. So please don't get into your mind that, oh, if I'm a kingdom-minded person, then I'm not a church person or I'm a church person and not a kingdom-minded person, you are both because both um, the church exists inside the kingdom. So with that clarification, um, we're going to stop saying kingdom versus church. We're going to say the kingdom and the church. Now, um, we have kind of, and I want to say kind of the body of Christ, at least American-wise, has kind of taken a turn where we lean more towards church than we do kingdom. And so that's what I want to clarify today and talk about and kind of empower us because we have a lot of people going around and talking about kingdom authority and I'm not knocking the name of the show at all kingdom authority I've got kingdom power I've got this but we operate in church principles and so we're not seeing the manifestation of the kingdom like we should because we have too many people operating in church principles principles versus kingdom principles so we're going to talk a little bit about where this kingdom came from first of all and it didn't start with jesus christ it actually started in the old testament with old testament prophecies pointing towards jesus christ all of us know that jesus is king jesus is lord of lords jesus is the king of kings but this plan has been set was set in motion from the day Adam and Eve fell in the garden, it was always God's intention, always God's intention to win mankind back to him and for all of mankind to be a part of his kingdom. Now, Adam and Eve kind of messed this up. Well, not kind of messed this up. They did mess this up with their fall. So this whole kingdom business kind of got a little bit delayed and had to be reoriented because of their fall. So we're going to talk about some Old Testament scriptures that point to the coming kingdom. And I want to start off in Psalms 103, verse 19. It says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. 
And so when I first read that scripture, I thought that's exactly what it is, because the kingdom of God should not just affect church people. The kingdom of God should affect the world at large, because his kingdom rules over absolutely everything. And we're going to talk about some of those places where his kingdom rules that we, the church, a.k.a. the kingdom, should be touching, but some places we've shied away from. And so we're going to talk about those a little bit. So we're going to start also in the book of Ezekiel, the 17th chapter, verse 22 through 24. So you can write that down. You might want to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to pick out verse 22 through 24. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take a branch from the top of a tall cedar, and I will plant it on the top of Israel's highest mountain. It will become majestic, a majestic cedar sending forth its branches and producing seeds. Birds of every sort will nest in it, finding shelter in the shades of its branches. And all the trees will know that this is I, the Lord, who cuts the tall tree down and makes the short tree grow tall. It is I who makes the green tree wither and gives death, the dead tree new life. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do what I say. This is a prophetic word talking about Jesus Christ. We often hear that Jesus Christ is the offspring of David, and we know that David was ruler of the king, kingdom of Israel. So the Bible is pointing to another king that is going to come on the scene, and when he is established, his kingdom will be so large that all of the birds of the air can nest in its branches, kind of like a metaphor. All of the kingdoms, all the different types of people can gather under this kingdom, and everybody in the world will know that this is what God has established. So here's a prophetic word pointing to Jesus Christ coming on the scene to establish his kingdom among men. It also says in Isaiah, the 11th chapter, verse 1, it says, If there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. Ezekiel is actually referring to this scripture. We're talking about Jesus coming on the scene, Jesus, the king of kings, coming to establish his kingdom so that all of mankind can be won back into his pasture. Now, we know that in the end, not everybody's going to say yes to Jesus, but you will have an opportunity to be a part of his kingdom. Now, whether you choose to become a part of it or not, it's up to you because God does not control us. We do have a will. So the, the old scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures are pointing to the coming kingdom. So then when we get into the New Testament and we start to look around, we see that when Jesus comes on the scene and the Pharisees are talking to him, and one of the Pharisees says in Luke, the 17th chapter, verses 20 through 21, he said, one day, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. He was referring to himself. The kingdom has come. The kingdom has come. And I'm walking around in among between you and I'm getting ready to open up this thing so that I can truly rule as king and then you guys those those that choose to become a part of my kingdom will be my subjects which is where the church comes in so Jesus establishes the kingdom of God by coming to earth and dying on the cross his whole objective for dying on the cross was to win mankind back to open up the veil so that all of mankind can come into his fellowship. So when he comes on the earth, 
He's telling them, I'm coming to establish this kingdom. I'm going to do this by allowing my body to be broken open and the blood to come forth so that I can wash you and you bring you back into fellowship with me. That's what the kingdom is all about. It's fellowship with Jesus Christ. So here Jesus establishes the kingdom. So we have the kingdom, and then we have the church. Notice that when Jesus talks, he never really talks that much. He always introduces his ministry by talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And then he turns around and he says to Peter in Matthew, the 16th and 18th verse, he says, I also say to you, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay, so now we're talking about the church. Well, what is it? What is the kingdom or is it the church? No, the church is established inside of the kingdom. Um, to kind of illustrate this, uh, I was thinking about, okay, how can I define this? Anybody ever see those Russian nesting dolls? Um, and I'm waiting for a response as if I'm in front of a classroom, sorry, but the Russian nesting dolls, if you've ever <laughs> seen them, or you can Google yeah. them and understand what they are. So if you know what they are, it's a doll. And when you open the largest doll, there's a smaller doll on the inside, just slightly smaller than the largest doll. And if you open that doll, then there's another one that's slightly smaller. You keep going until all of the dolls have been taken out. So they nest inside one another. This is what the kingdom of God is like. The largest Russian doll is the kingdom. The next size underneath it is the church. Inside the church, there are people groups. Inside the people groups, there are individuals. So when we say kingdom versus church, and I know I'm kind of using that intentionally, we often act like you either have to be a part of the kingdom or you have to be a part of the church. If you are a part of the church, you are a part of the kingdom because the church exists inside the kingdom. The church is there to do the bidding of the kingdom. We are the subjects of the king. And so the church are the people who are carrying out the work of Jesus Christ. So when I, when I think about that, so when we talk about kingdom, a kingdom is a country or state or territory that is ruled by a king or queen. It's the spiritual reign or authority of God. And in this case, he is our king. And then we have the church, which is a Christian organization, typically one with its own clergy, a building, a distinctive set of doctrines. All of these things fall under the banner of the kingdom. Now, where we have gotten mixed up, I feel like, is we have taken that largest Russian uh, nesting doll, and we have tried to stuff it inside the one that we label church. The problem with that is the church is too small. The kingdom is way bigger than the church. The church is the entity that is being used to carry out kingdom business. Right. And the problem That's is right. when we stuff the church or try to stuff the kingdom inside the church, then we begin to cut God off and limit him. We limit him to our rules. We limit him to our traditions. We limit him to the, the uh, things that we think are important. We limit him in so many ways. Then we become introspective instead of altrospective. We become, we become self-absorbed instead of concerned about what's going on in the world. So um, we have to turn this thing around because God is coming back very soon, and he's coming back to rule and reign supremely over his kingdom. 
And so his kingdom, remember in the, uh, the opening scripture in Ezekiel, is supposed to be as large so that all the birds of the air can come and nest and all of the trees and all the other creation will know that the kingdom of God has been here. So when the kingdom is functioning as it should function, we should be touching all seven spheres of influence in the world. Now, when I go through these seven spheres of influence, think about the impact the church has had in these areas. So the seven, if you don't know what seven spheres of influence, there are seven major things or seven major entities that we operate in and out of in life. So number one is religion. So I would say that the kingdom of God has made a huge impact in religion. Okay, that's kind of a given. But the next sphere is the family unit. How much has the kingdom of God touched families? How much has the kingdom of God touched the media? We tend to shy away from that. We kind of just let, you know, um, I thank God for kingdom authority. Yes, we got, we're, try, we're trying to catch up. One of the things is we are behind the world system. The world system has been using media and technology to put their messages out there for years and years and years. And it seems like the church is just now catching on. You understand what I'm saying? You know, other people have already had podcasts. They've already had television shows. They've had this, but the church seems to be a little bit behind in the media. How much has the church or the kingdom influenced the government? I know I grew up in a realm where I was even taught in church that saints don't go into politics because politicians lie. But when we look through the Bible, we talk about all of the people that God used in government positions. Joseph was one of the biggest ones that he used to save a whole nation because the kingdom is supposed to touch the government. The kingdom is supposed to have influence so much so over the government that it bends to the will of God than it more than it bends to the will of ourselves. So the kingdom is supposed to touch all of these influences. Education, where has the, the kingdom touched? We've been backed up here in the United States because we used to pray in school and we used to say, you know, scriptures in school. It was even before my time, but we've worked, the enemy has worked it so that the kingdom influence has backed up. And so now we struggle with school shootings. Now we say the Pledge of Allegiance, and there's some of, and I'm an educator, and I know there are some people who've actually taken under God out. They won't make their kids say it um, under God. They that tried to squelch everything that has to do with God. That is the enemy fighting against the kingdom of God. But we are supposed to take the kingdom. We are supposed to take the kingdom everywhere we go, and we're supposed to take it by force. And so we need to force our way back into these spheres. The other one is economics and finances. How much has the kingdom of God influenced how we handle our money, not just in your household, but on Wall Street, in the world market? Is the kingdom influencing those things? Is the kingdom influencing arts and culture? When we go to the movies, what do you see on the screen? Is it things that glorify God? Is it things that lead to more people joining the kingdom? So we have to look around at these spheres of influence. And if we can say not really, it's probably because the church has been operating more so than the kingdom. So when I talk about the church, let's talk about the difference between church people and kingdom people. And it is possible to be in one realm and not really operate in the other. It's kind of like almost being um, in a place, but 
you're not sure how to function within it. Have you ever driven somebody else's car? It's new to you. You're in there. You don't know where the dials and controls and everything is for that. That's kind of like what it is. Sometimes we pull people into the church, but we don't teach them how to operate in the kingdom. Okay, so church people. Church people have a reduced ministry vision, and they cannot see past the four walls of the church. They're concerned about the ushers, the greeters, children's ministry workers, their, uh, all of the functions that happen usually with inside, inside the church. Are we having a pew rally? Are we having a fish dinner? Are we going to have a fall festival? We're going to have youth night. We're going to do this. Church people only think about what's inside the church. But if you have a kingdom mind, the kingdom-minded vision is one that thinks outside of the box. They're concerned about what's going on in my neighborhood, what's going on my, my, in my, my school system, what's going on, why, and I'm living in Delaware County where the opioid addiction is absolutely out of control. Forty percent of the people or children that are coming into our school system have been born addicted to some drug. A kingdom-minded person looks at that and says, that's a king- the kingdom is not influencing that, so we need to bring the kingdom to the drugs. We need to bring the kingdom to the people who feel hopeless like they don't have any other choice but to turn to opiates. That's what kingdom-minded people do. They focus on what's going on out there, not just what's happening inside the walls. Church people, on the other hand, they see the gospel as good news and a way to get them into eternal life. I'm saved, praise God, when Jesus comes back, I'm going to heaven. That's church people. Kingdom people see the gospel of Jesus Christ as a way to grow the kingdom. They look beyond my four and no more. They go beyond just the people that are to help my family to be saved. They're concerned about the souls of other people. They're concerned about the people that they see in Walmart. They take on that scripture personally, that scripture that says, and when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Kingdom-minded people look at the gospel as a way to minister hope to someone else so that they too can make Jesus their choice, but they can begin to operate in kingdom principles. Church people, on the other hand, understand discipleship is primarily about joining and having a closer relationship with God. But kingdom people understand discipleship as a call to lose your life completely, completely, to give up. We read that scripture, he who gives up mother and father, sister, brother, even your own life for the gospel's sake. They are so sold out that God can tell them to do anything, anywhere, at any time, and a kingdom-minded person will jump on it. Church people are concerned about how it's going to make them look, what people are going to think. Um, is this too radical? Because the kingdom of God is radical. The way up is down. The way in is always out. So usually when mm-hmm. God is asking you to do something that goes with kingdom principles, it doesn't look like the norm. In other words, church My people goodness. are more focused on themselves. Kingdom people are focused on bringing the kingdom to the world. The Bible says that for God so loved the world. Not to love the church, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it only makes sense that his kingdom reach the entire world. So the church 
is the means to demonstrate the kingdom. But we have to start mixing and we have to start stirring up kingdom principles. We're going to talk about kingdom principles next week because if we don't get the kingdom principles right, then we don't demonstrate the kingdom of God. We live by faith, but do you know what draws unbelievers? Miracle signs and wonders. But if we're in the church arguing over who's going to sit at this seat next week and they the left because somebody sat in their seat, the kingdom yeah. of God is not being manifested. If we're yeah. trying to make God follow our denominational rules, the kingdom of God is not being manifested. If we are more yeah. worried about the next time we're going to have another youth rally than we are the next time we go minister to the people in the drug house, then the kingdom of God is not being manifested. We've gotten things backwards, and we tend to want to minister to one another, but the mission is not inside the four walls of the church. The mission is in the world. How else can the tree get bigger? How else can we continue to grow the kingdom of God? It is to bring the people from the outside in, but we can't do that if we stay inside the church. So the church is the means to demonstrate the kingdom of God. We have to be spirit-filled. Well, what does that mean? We're going to talk about that. We have to also realize that Jesus is king. And I think it is very difficult for us, especially in the United States, to understand that Jesus is king. We sing songs about it all the time. Right on, King Jesus. No man cannot hinder, but we are the men that are hindering him. Wow. We sing, you are my king. You are my king. But we don't recognize him as king because we have a hard time. We live in a republic. If you were in anywhere near us this last Tuesday, a lot of people went to the voting polls to voice their opinion about what they want to see happening in this country. That's what we do in a republic. But in a kingdom, there's only one leader, one, and that is the king or queen. And in this case, it is the king. And what he says goes. But for some reason, we try to take our Republican-type views, and I'm not talking about Republicanism, political party, but the way we operate in this country and we try to apply it to the kingdom of God. This is not Burger King. The kingdom of God is not your choice. It is you either do what God says or sit down somewhere. Wow. Kingdom, we have to realize that Jesus is king. He said in Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. So he's the king. He has all of the authority. He sees the beginning from the end. He knows all the stuff that's happening in the middle. He knows what way to take. He knows which way we should go. And so we should always be listening to him for direction. So we have to recognize that he is the king of all and that it's him that is directing the show and not us. So the first thing we have to do is yield ourselves in faith to the king. Part of it is we don't believe God. We don't believe God. We sing those songs, you are my king, as long as you are doing, in the back of our head we're saying, as long as you are doing what I need you to do when I need you to do it, how I need you to do it. But when he is king, he does it in his own time. You ever heard them say, he may not come when you want him, but he comes right on time. He does all of these. He does what he wants to do. And he's not going to bend his will to make you happy. Yes, God is concerned about you, but he is more concerned about ruling his kingdom and for his people to fall under that banner. So how do we get into this kingdom? How do we begin to operate? So the first one is by faith. 
We join the kingdom by faith, by believing on God, believing that he died, Jesus died on the cross and rose for our sin. By faith, we join ourselves to the kingdom. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, who is him? Jesus Christ. It's impossible to please the king if you don't believe him. So we have to begin to operate in faith. And the other thing is not only operate in faith, but also operate in obedience. He that is willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. I think one of the things we've done, and we, we've turned, when we talk about church people, the Bible says in the last part of that scripture says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and in the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded to you. And lo, I am with you always. It said, making disciples. We have made converts, but we have not made disciples. We have taught, we Come have on, yes. people, we have ministered to them. We've taken them down to the altar. We've, um, um, they've made their confession of faith. We have baptized them. We've talked to them about the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and we've been there for them every step of the way, and then we leave them, and we don't teach them how to be disciples. And when you look at how Jesus taught his disciples, he taught them kingdom principles. He didn't just leave them in one place. He taught them, this is what you do. And then he told them, I'm going to leave, but greater works should you do. We don't see the greater works because we've just made a bunch of converts. And that's great that their sins have been washed away. And it's great that they are on their way to heaven. And that is awesome. However, the kingdom will only grow if we learn how to disciple people, to teach them how to operate in kingdom principles. Because when the king of kings comes and lives on the inside of you, wherever you go, you take the kingdom. And wherever you go, the kingdom should have influence there somewhere. I see it in my own school. I'm there, and there's other believers in my school, and we are carrying the kingdom. We not be, we might not be standing up in front of our classrooms preaching scripture and verse, but we got people that are bringing kingdom authority down the hallways, and we are declaring a decree, and not in this school, not at this time, not this time. And so we're bringing the kingdom of God to that place. But if you just make a convert and you don't teach them how to operate in kingdom principles, they go just as a convert and then the, the, they remain at status quo. So next week we're going to talk about um, kingdom principles and the, the things that we should be doing. And through that, the world will see the kingdom of God and they'll be drawn to the kingdom of God. A lot of people are turned off by church. They are turned off by church. They want to experience the kingdom. They're tired of our programs. They're tired of our coffee bars. Although those are nice. I like that we have a cafe at our church. I'm not knocking it. They're tired of programming. They want authentic experiences with God, and that comes with operating in kingdom principles. So we'll talk about that, and hopefully uh, I said something today that kind of lays the foundation for that, where we're going to go next week and just talk about some simple things that, that God has required of us to do that displays the kingdom that we can take wherever we go so that the kingdom of God can advance. Because Jesus is coming, and he wants as many people as possible to go with him. Amen. I, I love it. I love it. Listen, I um, am so appreciative. There's so many notes that I have, but... I want to, for those who are listening, please send your questions and so that 
if you have any questions for tonight so that we can answer them on next Sunday. I want to give um, Pastor Leah the opportunity to make sure she can answer any and every one of your questions. I believe that she has set the foundation, and I'm so in agreement with everything she said. I was wondering how you were going to do that, the kingdom versus the church. And I said, oh, how are we going to do this? And so you brought that out, and I was so grateful. Um, thank you so much, Pastor Leah. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Because I just really want to leave it right here until we talk about the kingdom principles. Um, no, I'm just going to um, dive into the kingdom principles that the Lord is giving to me next week. And like she said, any questions that you have, I would appreciate them. I'll take them on and I will study them out and make sure that I have an answer, not just an answer off the top of my head, but an answer from the word of God concerning his principles. Because we really, really, really have to make this shift. We've got to make this shift. Um, the church as a whole, all the body of Christ, period, has to become more kingdom-minded. If we don't become kingdom-minded, we begin, we begin to become obsolete. And that is what the enemy wants. He wants to tout his kingdom, but his kingdom is a failing kingdom, and we know that his kingdom will not prosper. So you might as well join the winning side. And so, and we're in it already, so we might as well go further in it. So any questions that you have, I'm willing to take them. I will study them out and make sure I have an answer for you um, on next week, and then we'll talk about some other kingdom principles and um, see how we can apply those to our life to make us more well-rounded Christians and believers and kingdom-carrying authority people. Mm, I love it. I love it. So I'm grateful for you once again. Um, please share this podcast, broadcast, and I want you to make sure that um, you share this with not only those who are churched but the unchurched because I, it's so powerful. I love it when I get questions from those who are not in the body of Christ and it opens up a conversation, and that's exactly what she's talking about. We have to bring this because they're not coming to us anymore. They're just not. It is not like the old right. days. And matter of fact, we it, 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 we were to bring them in anyway. <laughs> you know, we were to go right. there for. And so it's incredibly important for each and every one of you that hear this tonight to share this with one person, the church and the unchurched. And what I mean by that, those who are in the kingdom, um, I'm going to say it this way because we haven't gotten broken into everything yet. Those who are in the kingdom and those who are not in the kingdom of God. And then those who, I'm going to say this, and this is going to be also a paradigm shift, I believe. Those who are attending services and those who do not attend services. There's, there's some that attend services that believe Jesus Christ and some who do not. And then there's those who do not attend worship service and that believe in Jesus Christ but just don't attend. So I want there's we're, we're all over the place, people of God, and so we have to be able to become. He wants us to be as one, and so I want you to share right. um, share share this with any and everyone. I, I believe this this word that you have given and this. Um, and this um, message, I'm going to say this message that you're sending is is, in, is to literally shift the minds of leaders. I'm, I'm just going to put it that way. And I'm not talking about leaders 
uh, in the in that are pastors, you know, and ministers and so forth, and some people say ministry leaders or whatever the case is. I'm talking about leaders in the different areas that you talked about, the different systems. Um, in the educational system, the judicial system, and the economical um, system. I believe that the media, I believe that this is really going to alter some things molecularly in the atmosphere. And so I'm excited for what God is going to bring forth through you on next Sunday. So should people of God, um, Pastor Leah Britton has been with us tonight, and I'm grateful. Listen, we're going to close out because it's been important to be sensitive to the timing of people um, and sensitive to their time. So I'm going to close out. If there's nothing else, Pastor Leah, are we good? We are good. Okay. Do you want to pray before we close out? Absolutely. Well, Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you, Lord God, that you don't leave us in ignorance, that you're always, always opening up our eyes and our understanding and our spirit to what it is that you want from us. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, because we can say all day long we've been with Jesus. All day long we have worshipped you. We have honored you. And, Lord God, all day long you have spoken into our lives words, Lord God, to save our lives, words to reform our lives, words to transform us. God, we just thank you for that. And so, God, we pray right now, Lord, that even this word would settle deep into our hearts, Lord God, that you would begin to just deal with us, Lord, about where we are in you and help us to make the transitions needed, Lord God, to be people of the kingdom, not just people of the church, but people of the kingdom of God who represent a king who knows all, who sees all, who hears all, and who cares. God, we just thank you so much, Lord for kingdom authority and the word of God that is putting in the atmosphere over the people of God each week, week in and week out, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that your word is being declared and that the ears of your people are hearing, Lord God. We have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So God, help us, Lord God. Help us to not only just be hearers, but also (laughs) doers of your word. We love you so much, God. We give you praise. We bless your name. You're a wonderful God, and we honor you today, Lord, and we honor you. Bless the people of God as they started their week off with you, Lord God. Bless them as they go throughout their weeks. Whatever their hands touch, Lord God, we're asking to cause it to prosper. Wherever their feet go, let the kingdom of God show up with them. Lord God, whatever their mouth says, let it be seasoned with your love and with your grace, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, let us be on display, displaying a king, Lord God, that loves his people, Lord God, and loves, Lord God, everybody and wants all to be a part of him. Father, we just give you praise, glory, and honor for being such a great God. You're a good God, and we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, um, to all those who are out there, I'm just praying that you will be receptive to this word and also um, that you will be strengthened by it as well and to grow. So I want to thank you again for joining. You have been on Kingdom Authority broadcast with Reverend Dancy Morris and Pastor Leah Britton talking about the kingdom and the church. I want you to join us again, same time, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for those who are in the Arizona area and parts that are surrounding this area. Central Standard Time will be at 7 o'clock p.m. Thank you again for joining Kingdom Authority broadcast, and you all have a great night. God bless you. God bless you.